Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Welcome to Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. There's John Fairbanks. How you doing, John? Hello, Tyler. We're getting to the holiday season, guys. Christmas is in the air. (laughs) (coughs) So this week, we want to talk about, uh, we've got an interesting uh, article sent our way from the morning chalk up. This is maybe a week old, probably two weeks old by the time you're hearing this, but so it's not necessarily time sensitive, but um, going on kind of retention strategies for functional fitness gyms. Uh, this article, what is it even called? Let me zoom up. Easiest way to double your average client value, increase retention. Now, I do think the concepts that they're explaining here are pretty solid. We just want to kind of interpret some of the data and also give you like a practical approach to solving this problem. Really, I think using the same tools that they're describing, just making sure that you don't fuck this up. Because I do think if you go about this the wrong way, um, this will be very, very stupid <laughs> and it won't help you. But <clears throat> excuse me, before we get started, make sure you go to Jim, follow at the Jim Owners Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Tyler F. and Stone on Instagram. And John? You can follow me at JBanksFL. And what else do we got? Get in the, the uh, Jim Owners Revolution Facebook group. That's on Facebook. That's in our uh, link in, this, in the description. If you want to do business with us directly, you want us to help with your gym, make your gym awesome, make 2024 the year your gym actually made some fucking progress, let's do it. You can either message us directly or you can go to gymownersrevolution.com. So let's get right into it. So we have talked for a long time, John. It's one of, I think, the fundamental guiding principles of what we do here. Um is that client success needs to be the centerpiece of what you're doing. I've, I feel like I say this 20 times an episode, every episode forever. And maybe it's because we also do a lot of coaching calls and stuff like this. So I feel yeah. like I say this a lot. If you guys are tired of hearing it, make your clients more successful. And fucking, if I just tend to see fitter people in my day-to-day life and not failed fitness all the time, um, I'll be with it. But until I see this on the regular, I'm going to say, I think we need to focus more on the success of your clients. Now in doing so, I think there's some principles that we have taken from other businesses, other fields, and specifically uh, some stuff that we've done very, very specifically for the fitness industry to make sure that like this stuff works for fitness. And because there are, I think some unique things when you're, when you're selling fitness compared to selling cars or whatever. Um, But one of those things is giving people choices. Like I, the th- the big takeaway from this article um, is that what it basically says is CrossFit gyms can do whatever they want to do, but for the most part, eighty percent of the revenue currently, as of this year, in CrossFit gyms comes from group class. Yeah, it's a catch-all membership. That's it. Twelve uh, percent is from personal training. Only three percent is nutrition coaching and hybrid memberships, which I don't like this term that they use, but I guess you got to use something. Hybrid memberships, as they explain it, John, that is your regular membership plus any other service. Is that correct? Anything else, right? So whether you're going to bundle that. That means that nutrition coaching as it sits here is not done with people that are also doing other things. That's fucking insane to me. That's crazy. By the way, I'm fine that you sell it, right? I'm okay as a gym owner. If someone can't afford my membership to downsell them to a food plan or whatever that gets them in my network, gets them starting. That's fine. But it's crazy to me then that only 3% of your people at all, 3% of your revenue, not even people, 3% of your revenue is coming from anyone buying additional services. That's fucking pretty nuts. And that's... 
one of the reasons that I think people are, when we talk about client success, listen, client success, listen, what does this industry need? What does this country need? What does most of the general population need statistically? Get some weight loss, right? We need to get to some sort of respectable, and, and that requires, and even if you're trying to do performance, whatever, it requires some food intake stuff to be addressed. And the fact that only 3% of your revenue is coming from people that are also have a high likelihood of success. That sucks. A is lot. it, is it, is it fair to blame the obese, the obesity epidemic on us? Like as a fitness industry, like, is that okay, like, I'll take it. I'll take you it. You know what though. I mean? Like, like yes. it's take the responsibility. Who the fuck, cause fucking no one else, else clearly is doing anything about it. Right. Like it's doctors, like it, it is like the the medical this, industry, the government, they are not fucking interested in helping big fat fatties not be big fat fatties. John, you and I uh, are involved with a nonprofit that we have that's we won't get into super big details on this on on this show right now, but it's basically we're we're kind of help young men get into the gym, get stronger, be comfortable in the gym. We we make sure that they're training is facilitated and that they learn some like real practical health stuff, which is like how to meal prep, how to cook a fucking steak, like what sh mm -hmm. foods shouldn't you eat? Like the fact is, is there's a lot of adults who you have to tell that they shouldn't, you have to tell right now people in their thirties, forties, fifties, like, Hey, did you, you know, you shouldn't just be drinking Coca-Cola a mm -hmm. lot, you know, like, like I've, I have, I have a friend who I have another show with his old lady, man, Mountain Dew. Or mellow yellow. It's just mellow yellow. And it's like, it's like, what's the, what's the point of drinking six cans? By the way, I've done it, but mellow, like, mellow, if you're yellow. not happy, if, if, if anybody out there, like, if you're not happy with the way you look and you want to lose some weight, like, I'm, I promise somebody needs to tell you to not be drinking fucking soda like that. Go to the zero, go to whatever. But for one of the things to get back on track here, I guess, the fact is people need to be taught the stuff. And, and right. in reality, so, so back to what you asked is, um, should we, the fitness industry, take the blame for the obes obesity epidemic that goes on? Do I think it is actually this industry's fault, truly? No, I do think the food supply, food education, all that Absolutely. stuff is that way. However, the burden of solving this problem is not on those people. That's it. It's just not because those people, you should know that all that is fucked what are we doing here? Right. Like we all know, we all know that the food is poison and like that it's all bullshit. And there's just lots of sugary dog shit going on in the American diet and the American food supply. It's fucking terrible. It's terrible. The restaurants, a lot of the fast foods, it's all bad. It's universally bad, but we are the ones who are selling the solution. They are selling the poison. Let them sell the poison. They're the dealers of the poison. Like, like, I just, I don't know what to say. Like, are we blaming crack dealers for making money selling crack? I don't know. Maybe. But at some point, like, somebody's got to be working with these people so these people stop buying the shit. And that comes from education. It comes from building a relationship with them. It starts from building connections and trust, giving them progress and wins so that they have a real perspective, a real reasonable perspective on what they should eat. So should we, the fitness industry, take the blame for it? Yes, Shoulder the burden. Say, you know what? Whatever. It's on us to fix this. Everybody's eating dog shit. It's not the dog shit manufacturer's fault at this point. That's what dog shit manufacturers do. They manufacture dog shit. Okay? That's what Pepsi does. Pepsi makes poison. Pepsi sells poison. That's what they do. But you are a fitness leader. 
So fucking lead, fix it, just fix it. There's a, there's like taking ownership of the problem does not mean taking the blame. And maybe that's, let's take ownership of the problem and let's take ownership of the solutions that we're trying to get to. But that means people need to be dealing. Like if your people are going into your gym and they got 20 pounds to lose and they're not getting fucking nutrition help or it's not being offered to them. If they're choosing not to, that's on them, but it needs to be Mm -hmm. presented to them. And it also needs to be communicated to them in a way where they know that, hey, this is the solution. Like, this is really, this is the process you have to fix. You can come in here and work hard and you should, but this is the thing that you got to get in order or else the wheels are just going to keep coming off. Yeah, it's, it is one of those things where it's, if you believe, right, if the United States, if you believe it's a free market society, right, you believe in fucking capitalism, it's, and the same argument you hear with free speech, right? It's like, well, you don't stop free speech, you just have better speech on the other side if you are in disagreement. It's, yes. right, the poison peddlers will continue to peddle poison. If you are not trying to fight that and combat it with a better version, then you are just hoping that the poison peddlers come up with a fucking solution and they're not going to. And that's yeah. where for me, where I'm driving, where it is, it is borderline criminal that if you own a gym and you are in the fitness industry, if only 4% is coming from talking to people about nutrition, selling nutrition, and we know it's the number one fucking problem in our country and in our immediate communities. There's a, I got a fucking article talking about, cause I live in Appalachia, like the Appalachia mountains. I live in Appalachia has been fucking just destroyed by the pharmaceutical industry and everything else. They were telling me how popular bourbon and Mountain Dew was in Appalachia together. Like the mixture, yeah. like Jesus. Okay. Isn't that, I, th- I think like, that's what Mountain Dew was originally made for, by the way. Mountain <laughs> Dew was originally made as a whiskey mixer. Now it's a very different formula than it was now, but that's, that's its inception was a lemon limey <laughs> whiskey mixer, Amen. which is kind of so, dope. But that is where we're driving, right? And this is the idea where as in the fitness industry, then if you're going to start to play this game, because based off the, st- the statistics that we saw from this morning chocolate article, it is criminally low the amount of nutrition and personal training that yeah. is existing on average in CrossFit gyms, which is one of the most prolific type of gym in the United States. So hybrid and- memberships as they define them um, is a monthly membership that includes group classes or whatever. And by the way, if you're a gym that isn't group classes, know this would be defined as your general base whatever your base general general membership is uh bundled with at least one other service nutrition coaching or personal training or online coaching or online programming um the fact that it's bundled with personal training that already kind of skews that a lot because personal training should be it's expensive enough to where that's going to drive that a ton so you only have what did they say like 10 percent of your revenue is coming from people who are just personal training only and only three percent of your people that are, are just doing multiple things at all, including personal training and nutrition or, or any of that, that is, that's criminal. And what it start, the issue is it's, it's negligent for you and your business and for you in respect to your clients, because you're not giving them a choice in the front. Like these people don't even have a choice then. And because I can tell you this, if you're, if, if that data was based on gyms that were say offering those services, let's say even poorly, 
you know, we use a, an app that we build out for everybody that basically has all your, you know, it's a walkthrough sales process. It's not some shitty slut, but someone goes in and is asked, Hey, kind of where it's a conversation. That's where they want to start. You know, whether it's group fitness, 24 hour stuff, one-on-one personal training. Um, and you just kind of navigate them through that thing. But there's, once they get to, I want to come in two times a week or three times a week with a personal trainer, then there's still like a sheet that gives them choices. All right, do you want commit for 12 weeks? We're going to do measurables here. We're going to hold you accountable. That includes your nutrition plan, <clears throat> includes access to all our group classes, plus whatever, two, three personal. That is a choice that they're being given on a list of other things they can choose. Now, yeah. every one of the people that comes through with our system is offered not just some stuff to move up, but like they're asked some questions to get them dialed into exactly that, you know, when they want to come in, the type of training they want to do, you know, connecting those, those services as solutions to the problems that they described in the conversation that you're having regarding getting them signed up. And all of a sudden, excuse me, um, all of a sudden, this people start buying these services. John, what are we I mean, more than more than one in three chooses yeah. an additional level of commitment usually, and the from ones that, that choose more from the base, right? Um, and I mean, the numbers that we get is is a lot of people are choosing this stuff if you're offering, it, and they're choosing it because it matters, and they do it because it works, and because they identify that as a thing. Now, even if you don't use a efficient crafted, well-communicated system that's at least been tried and tested before. If you're just saying, hey, I mean, you want some help with nutrition stuff? I know it is important. If you're just saying that to every person that comes in, you should yeah. be doing way better than this. Correct. should be doing way better than this. So what this says yeah. to me is, one, is you guys should read this and say, all right, this is a big opportunity because I can double the amount of money I'm getting from any of these people who choose to buy another service, like on average. And I'm telling you that way more people than you think will be buying these additional services. And I think that's what's important to know. Well, and we've spent all this time talking about the, the number one important thing for us, which is client success and the importance of having all that. And then you just brought up the second point, which is, guys, based off these fucking stats, the average CrossFit gym owner is $159 a month. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. You're not going to make any money. Like, it's like that is not enough money based off of the number of members that you have for a base fitness price for a heavily coached product. No wonder like, no. So it's like, it is one of those things where it's like, if client success isn't enough just to put your people in more of a position to be able to be successful, that's not enough to move the needle. If you also do this, it will make you more money. Yeah. And the best part is that you can make more money while providing a better service that helps people in your community. Now we can be altruistic. But holy shit, if you're, unless you're just being like, I make enough money. Ah, oh, we're totally fine. We make enough money. There's not, we have no internal fire or desire to make yeah. more money or do more. You're, if you're swimming in it. Yeah. But your clients aren't successful. Clock's ticking. Yeah. And are you one of the good guys? That's the question. No. Like, so, <laughs> so like is introducing, by the way, is introducing this thing will complicate your life that much? Not really. It's a service that will help your people be more successful at the thing they're paying you for. It makes you better at the service you're delivering. So I don't understand why people go, ah, listen, we do just fine. 
I don't give a fuck what happens. That th- what that means is I don't give a fuck what happens to my clients. And that's a that is where as an industry, yeah, we got to jump on that grenade. You get, you just can't be that guy. You just can't. And I think the to on the client success thing now. Where they get to with this is not only does this service make you more money and make your clients more successful because people are invested more um, and because they're getting results, people stay longer. Mm-hmm. And retention really is the name of the game. And we've always talked about this. You don't need more members. You want more money. Yeah. I think that was my, my song. I think okay. I, 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 you want you want more money, which means you need to get more money out of each person. But you can't just take more money from them up front and then have them quit in three months like they're going to when they don't get results. So it means give them the opportunity to commit more. Okay, Their own level of commitment will like – if they commit more, they will have a higher chance of success. The services mm-hmm. that they choose will give them a higher chance of success. And then when they are successful, they will stay because they've been successful. If I go into Pizza Hut and I walk out and they don't give me any fucking pizza, I'm not going back to Pizza Hut that often. I'm just not going to. The amount of times I go into a restaurant and don't get what I want, I'm done. I'm not going there. If I went to your gym to get in shape and all you did was offered me a fucking $150 membership and I have to conform to this one singular type of fitness that you decide to offer, which is also okay. We're all about having, I'm fine about having a niche. But one of the things that we do here is we like to understand the part of the equation is someone's lifetime fitness journey. And exactly. the more time that your gym can occupy and your services can occupy in someone's lifetime fitness journey, that is what retention is. Okay, that is really, really what that is. And if someone comes in and they just like, hey, here's group, and you're like, well, but man, I just don't like working out with a bunch of these. It's also, it's like, that guy lives down the street from me and I don't fucking like him and he's in class all the time. Fuck. Like sometimes there's some social shit with this. You're like, just group classes are not going to be for everybody. But it's like, well, what if I'll come in a couple times to that? I'll deal with that bullshit, whatever. But can I get some personal attention, personal training? Yeah. Like, and, and I need to lose 20 pounds. Well, you're just going to work that off of them. That's your plan. You're just going to, you're just going to go and dig in your spurs and you're going to work it off them while they just are then tired. And then they're hungrier because they just started lifting and their body's breaking down a little bit of more protein than usual. And they're starving and their food cravings go up and they're just, they're going to eat more. They're going to feel like they're winning because they're fueling the fire. But what's going to happen is they're going to fucking not get the results that they want. And then they're out. And you have not occupied much time in their average client fitness journey because you left all your shit too narrow. You did not coach the person. You coached CrossFit. And I think that's important. If you're coaching group classes, know that you're not coaching group classes. It's just one part of the thing. You're coaching human beings. And in coaching those human beings, that person wants to lose 20 pounds, which means he needs to participate in this class that I will be coaching. But it also means we need to address the other things that this person is doing or is not doing. That means his inputs. That means maybe some other attention, some private classes or some private personal training, nutrition, whatever. But that is the stuff that you have to address. If you do not address it, you're just go coach at the fucking YMCA. Go coach body pump. Get get down, man. Everybody can move up and down and left and right. That's fucking wonderful. But like, are you coaching a class or are you coaching people? And are the classes paying the bills or are the people paying the bills? Are you trying to retain the classes or do you need to retain these people? retain these people by serving these people and getting them results or go fuck yourself. Cause I don't fucking care to work with. That's my thing with this is I, when, if I hear any resistance from coaches about this, that's how I know they're bad coaches. 
And we've kind of had that before, John, where we've had some people who are like, well, I don't really want to introduce personal training. People don't really like it. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. They don't like you. Yeah. They just don't like you. Trust me. People like personal training. People pay a lot of money for personal training. I think, I mean, I don't have a single personal training client that I work with that's less than five or $600 a month. Some sure. are over a thousand. It's like, this isn't like, so don't act like people won't pay it or that it doesn't have the value because people will. You, if, you suck your market. At it, if you suck at it, people ain't going to pay you a lot of money and that's fine. But then get better or get someone else in there because you need to serve the people. It's not about you. It's just not about you. And, and that revenue pain that you're feeling as a business owner is from you having a one-dimensional offer ultimately of what you are putting in front of people. And the fact that you're just ignoring the client's evolving needs that they have. This is why we land on that client fitness journey. Because even when people are coming to you, they're going to come to you from this. We all know as in everything, right? This wide spectrum of needs that people have. And the reality is if you're a CrossFit gym, you can still serve a wide spectrum of people. Mm -hmm. If you allow this to, to happen, if you allow that spectrum to be there, allow you to be able to have a wider net, a bigger tent to capture people. And if you have any type of revenue pain, this is what it is. Fundamentally, the issue is you are feeling the fact that you are missing right? All of those individuals that could fit in your spot, but without that, without that choice, right? Without being able to account for people's natural ebbs and flows and ups and downs and what they want to do, you're feeling the pain of being niched down incorrectly. You're not niching, you're, you're niching in the wrong area or in the wrong way. That's only castrating business because now your coaches can't make good money. Now you, now it's always on you. And now you're stuck with low income people with low income problems. And I'm not talking about your clients. I'm talking about the people you work with. If all the business you do are motherfuckers that are making 15 to $20 an hour, you are going to have 15 to $20 an hour fucking problems with your staff. Yeah. But if you got people that are making 60 to $80 an hour, now we have a much different conversation. About the uh, well, caliber of people. And, and that's important to note that what you just mentioned was on your staff side of things, right? If if you're you are paying low value dollars to client to you to your staff, they're gonna deliver kind of a low value product to your clients. On the other side of things, if your clients are only choosing one single product because that's the only thing you're putting in front of them, your $150 membership, you're only dealing with low value clients. Kind of. And even if you have high value people who would spend more, they're, they're not even getting an opportunity to give you more money. And I can tell you this, the clients that pay me the most money are the happiest, hands down. They work the hardest. They're the most excited. Okay, The, one, the ones who I've given a deal to are the least appreciative, flakiest, worst shit. And I'll never do it again. So to just know, know this. That. We all know this. this is, but here's a universal principle. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I did this again uh, last month, two months ago. So I do maybe once a month, somebody will inquire who I know is, a, is in a tough financial situation, trying to lose some weight and, and I've been there. And I know that a lot of nutrition is, weight loss is nutrition and that's just education and a plan. And if someone's really at it, having a plan and just kind of being told what to do, what's, what's kind of right, what's wrong, um, that that really, really, really can help. Like some people, that's the truth. Fundamentally, they just need the information, right? 
Um, so I do almost once a month. I will build a custom. It averages out. I, I build a custom nutrition plan for somebody who's people who have asked, you know, and I, they just say they can't afford it. They can't afford personal training. So I do it. Um, I have about a 90% success rate on people that pay me for it. Literally yeah. 90%. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I've done uh, nutrition coaching for about 10 people so far this year. Um, one of them did it. I mean, the others didn't even do it, John, didn't mm. even do it, but came to me hat in hand. I just said, really, but the fact of the matter is if you're not willing to pay a dollar, for it. You're already, you're participating in what is fundamentally a low value situation. It has no value. You give some dipshit who doesn't have $50 to his name, give him a fucking Lamborghini. What do you think is going to happen to it? when That motherfucker gets it on the road. He's going to drive it like he stole it. And you're going to have quarter million dollars worth of damage in no time. Right now, On this note, because this is funny, I have, I also though gave away the dude's rock program, the one that you had done as well. I gave yeah. that away to a guy who I, who has already paid me for nutrition code or for a one-on-one personal training. So I was working yeah. with him already directly a couple times a week and I just didn't feel right about, he wanted to do it and he wanted to pay for it. And I, I just didn't feel right about taking his money on top of money to then be doing a lot of the value in that it's the workouts we're already doing them. We can, we, right. we can just do them in our first sessions. So I said, listen, I'm just going to give it to you, but you got to gotta do the thing. Um, and I, I actually gave that program to two guys. One of them logged in, got the check-ins on the app done. Day one, never heard fucking peep since. Not fucking once, dude. Not one. Yeah. The other one did it all. Lost 15 pounds, was just like super stoked, and is still sticking with it on the nutrition side. Now it's like 20 pounds down. Lightest he's been since college. That's awesome. So, but that is the thing. These are the keys. Like, like people got to pay. <laughs> okay. They just, they, they kind of got to pay. Now this last guy I explained, that's just, that's the reason that I'll still continue to give a person a chance every month. Usually he gave me, I was about to cut that thing. I'm not giving anybody fucking anything at all, but still when someone comes to me and really asks, it's a soft spot in my heart. I've been poor and I've yeah. been fat. And so, and I've been at wit's end. And so I just know, it's like, listen, if I can help, if you really are there, this is me giving them an opportunity. But every opportunity that I have given somebody, very rarely does it work. Every time someone has paid me for an opportunity, they are very successful and they have a very high likelihood of success. And that's that's the thing to take away from this is don't just pack more stuff either into this catch-all membership because they won't value it. If you just go from a $150 product and say, now there's nine other things, but it's $300, most of your people won't who don't identify the value in that, they won't pay at all. They just won't take that step up and you're kind of fucked. You're like, now it's just, you, so you can't just throw more things into the pool and charge more money for the pool. You do have to, it has to be tears. It has to be choice and they have to feel like they have ownership of it. They need to want it. You can't compel people to do this at all. And and if you, if the reason why this is all so, so important is that we want you to be playing a game that is a six, eight, nine, 16 month game with clients, the unlimited membership, the single type of ideas. This is what people are talking about when the average lifespan of someone in your gym is three months. 
the average lifespan of somebody in your spot on average across the entire fitness industry is 90 days because the only thing you can pretty much do with a general membership or an unlimited membership, as we've always said, is cancel it. The yep, only thing people it. can do is cancel that shit. And if you position this all the right way, all the altruism and the right doing shit with client success first is the reason why not only is it vital for them, but how you can structure this the right way where you do not allow an overly inflated gargantuan unlimited membership to be the only thing that you offer. Offering choice and being able to stack these things into multiple options for people to choose from actually positions you to be in a space where when people's life situation does change, they have the ability to either go up or go down very naturally that then just by like by design extends how long they spend their time with you. And this is ignoring yeah. so many other factors and pieces that we go, do go into deep, right? With the folks that we're working with every month inside the Gear Academy. This is now like just fundamental psychology of being able to, this is where you will hear some folks say like, this is why you want people to have, you know, three different aspects to every membership. The idea like a, a facility membership where they're physically there and then a coaching membership where they're being coached specifically and then a nutrition piece or add-on bolt-on items that are not related to a physical service and now as a product, right? The rationale of having those three prongs that are a part of every type of membership is so that when somebody wants to cancel, you only get rid of one of them. Right. So that then you allow somebody because it is natural, like there are just that natural flow of how humans are going to live. That flow is important, too. So we talk about uh, the what's the term they use, like, what do they look for? Average client value over the lifetime. But that, that's that's a component of many other things. Right. So when I talk about someone's lifetime fitness journey in the space that you occupy in there, that is dependent on their budget, their wants, their needs, their time availability, and a lot of things, and also their priorities, their past successes, their past failures, the thing, how they feel about what they're going to do next. John, I could walk into a gym and I got 20 pounds to lose. And I go in and I say, okay, I want to get started. And they say, so here's your, here's the membership. We do have you no know, nutrition coaching. It's important if you want to lose the weight that we that you have a plan. Our people that do that do the plan, that pay for the plans, they they have success. They just do. Ones that don't, it's eh, it's just less stuff. So you can choose yeah. to go at your own, or you can choose to go this route. And 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 I can fully choose. I I just am only able to commit this much money right now. Like I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna try the food stuff on my own. I'm just I'm gonna try it. And in six weeks, twelve weeks, eight weeks, whatever, as long as the touch points are there, and as long as I've been offered this in the beginning, and I know that it's the solution to this problem, and I have chosen not to do it. When I'm not successful in three months, I don't quit because I know the thing that I passed on. And usually we find this the most is when people are about to quit where they feel like they've stopped, especially in 24-hour gyms, guys. In a 24-hour gym, when people have stopped attending your gyms, even in CrossFit gyms, they've stopped attending your classes. Yep. People think, oh, shit, they're going to quit. They're going to cancel. Those are the ripest people to spend more money. Those are the people who will absolutely upgrade to some sort of hybrid model with personal training, or they will also upgrade into a challenge, whatever that, whatever the things you, if you're running challenges, they will absolutely upgrade into nutrition coaching. Recommitment is what happens when someone fails. 
That's what you want them to do, by the way. Failure isn't, I tried this thing without nutrition coaching, and now I'm going to continue to try this thing without nutrition coaching, without success. That's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. So recommitment is really, truly committing again, committing further. And that is more money in your pocket, okay? That extends the life, of the amount of time that they spend in your gym. That means you are now occupying more space in their lifetime fitness journey. And they're probably going to be successful now because they've committed more money. They've made an actual commitment to themselves. And they're getting a service that's going to help them. It's not like you're just taking the money from them like as some sort of symbolic gesture of their commitment, which I still believe is about 80% of it. I still believe this fully. <laughs> like I really believe that somebody just saying, here's the money, I want to put this towards the thing. I have bought fucking shoes and accessories and elbow sleeves and knee sleeves and lifters. And I got, you know what I mean? Like I got Romelios <laughs> and I got, I got some wood heeled freaking position, blue suede lifters. None of those yeah. things were like, but that is a way of me committing. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, this is, I'm going to add this to the thing. Sometimes just parting with the money is the gesture. And that is the, that is the commitment. And it makes you then, Hey, I'm on the hook for this. I'm about, you better be about it. And it just, it works. So, so, but if you're only letting people dump into some fall into some big collective pool of your catch all memberships, they won't value any of the things that you put in it. They have to choose their commitments when things move forward. If they're not given a choice, it's you're wasting your time. There's nothing worse that you did. There's nothing worse than you could do that you could do than to give away your nutrition plan to every single person in your gym. Immediately, you would have all you would have very little success because they don't want it. If they wanted it, they would be asking about it. And then if they really wanted it and believed in it, were ready to commit, they'd be paying a lot of money for it. Now, people will do that if they're presented that as such. But if you walk up and hand it to them, you know, it's like it's like it's like a woman who just is a bit too forward. You're like, oh Jesus Christ, what is this? You know, like 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 you know, but but you'll chase one. <laughs> you'll chase one. But the moment they make it too easy, nah, fuck it. What's something red wrong? flags? Yeah, red flags. It having what you talked about, like having that general membership too, it'll lull you to sleep on some of the most key elements of retaining people and communicating the number one problem we are identifying with gyms in general, especially as we get ready to gear up for another year going into 2024 is the number one problem is communication. Yeah. It's the number one issue is the lack of communication or you're just not doing it enough. And you think that you may be making the number one mistake, which is you think you're communicating because you are putting stuff on Instagram. It took you long enough to figure that out. But the reality is, is that there's massive percentages of your gym that are missing that by design because you're not paying to use now these social media services. So there's all these factors that are working against you. And at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're not using email, that you're not doing social media the right way. Yes, all those are problems, but it's your actual membership that's leading to the problem. Because guess what? Every fucking member in your gym, you see every goddamn day or every fucking week. So you see them in real life. So mm -hmm. stop fucking worrying about how often you email or how often, like it's, yes, that's a problem, but that's a problem further down your journey. 
Right now you are, you're tripping over your dick because you are not talking to people the right way. And the reason why you're not talking to them is because what you sold them allows you to not talk to them. And again, one of those fundamental pieces where if you sell them the right thing, just like you said, we already know, everyone already knows about every 90 days, people have to recommit. They have to be re uh, get back into the flow of whatever they want to do next. And the fact is that we know that that's already general psychology. Then it you touched on one factor where it was like one side of the wheel is if people are failing, they're not coming in. Guess what? You have a whole nother side of the wheel where people are kicking epic amounts of ass. They did lose the 20 pounds. They already, the problem is, is we all know what happens when you're, when you are preparing for a race or you're going to prepare for a meet or you're going to prepare for a competition. What happens when you actually achieve it? You're successful. Like gold medalists talk about this. They get to the Olympics and then it's like, oh, what the fuck do I do with my hands? Yeah. And that's a point where the, the other, other, this is, they do get into this in this article here a little bit too, as they talk about uh, specialty programs, et cetera. And that is the thing. People have achieved their goals. They need to either pursue that further down the road the next time, right? I, I accomplished minus 20 pounds. I, like most people, you really, you think everyone thinks they got 15, 20, 30 pounds to go before they have visible abs. And usually it's like 40, dude. Like yeah. I know you wish it, but it's just, it just ain't that way. Or they pivot. They go, okay, I'm here. I've done it. Okay. Now I, I want to try something else. What is that? And does your gym have the ability to do it? By the way, what if they've been bulking for powerlifting or some sort of thing? And they go, yeah, now I want to cut some weight. I want to get a little leaner. That's custom programming that maybe can take them back into group fitness, nutrition plan, a weight loss plan instead of one to build muscle, yada, yada, yada. So, but being tuned into their actual lifetime fitness journey, that's the key here. That's the whole thing. Now, there's one piece of data they did not give us here. So this data that they reference when we talk about 80% of the revenue in their CrossFit gyms of the 13,500 gyms that they got this data from, 80% of that revenue comes from group class, uh, 12%-ish from personal training, 3% from nutrition coaching, and only th- and another 3% from people who essentially bought a base membership and actually te- t- attached another, another product. Only 3% of the revenue. Now, yeah. what's really alarming about that because we know how much that stuff sells when people are actually offered it, just know, mm-hmm. um, is I want to know how many of these gyms don't offer any of it. Yeah. This is what I, what I mean here is I bet there's a couple hundred gyms that actually do a pretty good job of this. And that's the issue, right? Just now we're getting a, a generalized number. But I would really like to know how many of they said honestly are, are doing fucking like less than 1% of all of this. And it's a lot, and it's because they don't offer fuck all. A lot of these gyms, especially in the CrossFit gyms, barely do personal training. They barely offer it. It's not even on. It's kind of sits buried somewhere in the website, like that. That's what you do because you you really you just want people into your group classes. It's easier for you to manage. You don't got to worry about your coaches being good either. They can just be DJs. You know what I mean? They can just turn on the music and walk you through the whiteboard and fucking wonderful. But I, that's what's the most alarming thing to me here is while already this is low, I think the ones that are doing, that are driving these low numbers up is a few gyms. And it yeah. is a lot of gyms that are not even fucking dipping their toes in this water, which is embarrassing. As an industry, it's embarrassing that this few, that there's this many gyms 
that are putting no effort into actually helping their clients be successful. It's fucking absolutely embarrassing to be a part of an industry that that's the way it is. And we've talked about it in the past, CrossFit, this is CrossFit data specifically, right? This specifically yeah. thing is CrossFit gym data. Every one of these people gets like a very easy to package training segment basically on a nutrition methodology that they could use oh, to definitely. teach. Yeah. With the zone. They still teach it at the level one. They run with it. So like fucking start there. Everyone on your staff is capable of fulfilling that. If you don't want to standardize something, which let's be honest, you could standardize something where you plug in the variables and then just have the coaches handle accountability and some specifics. I mean, for almost no time or effort either. Mm -hmm. But this is, it? it's negligent as fuck, dude. What are we talking about here? Like, I just don't get it. Like if every person who comes up to me and tells me they want to lose weight, or they want to get in shape, right? I, I, I don't even talk to them about the gym anymore. Don't. It's like, you need to fix it. I, I won't. The first thing I'm going to say is you need to fix the way you eat. That's it. You need to fix the way you eat. You need to change it. That is what it is. And I don't even get into because I don't care to have the conversation. Somebody will come with me and ask me how much I bench press. And then if I tell them, they'll just tell me that they knew somebody in high school who benched more than that. And it's a waste of everybody's fucking time. So I don't even have the conversation about what I do in the gym at all. If they're not going to hire me as a personal trainer, if they're just flapping gums, you need to fix the way you eat. That's it. That's it's it's the only thing that is that really matters and all the other stuff you do can just be a fucking kind of a waste of effort if you don't fix the way you fucking eat. So to have all of these gyms or all of these coaches are probably fit, I hope. They're eating some specific way, right? They've been trained on how to teach people in a very a very specifically designed to be deliverable to average people. Right. There's a few, you, get a, you get a few blocks of this and a few blocks of this, and, and this is it, it just breaks it down. They don't have to obsess over it necessarily. They can they, like they are all trained on it, and these gyms are doing nothing. What a waste of a couple hours, by the way, of your level one fucking. If let's talk about this, Th things that CrossFit gyms waste the most, like like that just neglect the most out of the, from the level one. One is the nutrition thing, because apparently none of them are fucking selling nutrition coaching at all. So why even bother having that in the certification? Who fucking cares, right? But because it actually is about eating something like very baked into CrossFit as a methodology was nutrition. Like it really was. And the second thing that they just ignore, sumo deadlift high poles with a kettlebell. That fucking <laughs> one of the nine foundational movements, John. Yeah. Come on, that thing that I will guarantee, I'd, I'd like to see the data, guys, push press people, somebody reach out to me on how many CrossFit affiliates go an entire 12 month year in their program and without featuring that exercise even once. And by the way, I'm okay with it. I'm not saying it's a bad exercise. It's a very right. stupid thing to have be like one of your nine move pillars of movement in your of fucking movement. methodology. It's the dumbest thing. It's so yeah. fucking stupid. That's dumber than like, making like literally snatch and clean and jerk like a very like centerpiece of the thing i think those are great expressions yeah. of the strength you get when you're but it's too performancey too specific too technical but the sumo deadlift high pull what in the fuck show me a bicep curl then jesus christ or is there none of these there's not a single like chest exercise on this thing so this is why y'all are small and weak and have uninteresting hobbit physiques, dude. Let's go. So that's my two things. I think I think that. But but that's let's be honest, right? When you're building a it's like a you know a core a, things are in there for a reason. 
Now, I still don't believe that the I think the nine movements are just whatever, but but the nutrition thing is there for a reason, and it's a resource. Everybody you have coaching a class yeah. has sat through the thing and then just ignored it the next day. You know what I did? You can go back into Massonomics. I remember I, we did because we were just doing stuff during that podcast. I did my level one, came back, talked about what it was, right? Sure. Or just kind of went through the whole thing. Here's the experience, and <clears throat> here's what I thought, and and – and I said, even then, uh, so I, but I did the zone as it was constructed for a couple of months. Of course. Like that. It just, yeah. Okay. I executed this and it made sense. You know, it just, it just is what it is. By the way, no diet is fucking like, it just is. Can we get the right amount of protein and carbs in? And can we keep the calories at a reasonable point? But is it yep. done in a way that can be explained to somebody who's from starting from nothing and doesn't want to have to obsess over the details? And I think zone does it. I don't think it's the best thing in the world, but it certainly, it's the thing all your people are trained on, and it's the thing that you've apparently well, – what a waste of fucking time. And do you know the number one excuse you and I have heard over the years for why someone doesn't do nutrition a certain way, doesn't have supplements in their gym, do personal training in their gym? Fucking some high road bullshit. That's it. That's they it. don't We're do it. I don't do it. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that. We don't I don't take that. People. Our people don't buy and, supplements. Okay. Well, if if I need to hit fucking 300 grams of protein today, mm-hmm. do you know how much meat that is? That's a lot no. of fucking meat. So they I can don't. at least get 50 or 60 grams of it in with a two scooper. Of, it saves me like, geez, I mean, it saves me like a, basically two thirds of a pound of meat by being able to just do a big double scoop protein shake. Like that is the most elite that this is fucking fitness dorks riding some ideology about we're above supplements we are not about that i was like listen there are supplements that are effective there are also supplements that are fucking stupid and a waste of money kind of in my opinion Mm -hmm. and there's also just truly a list of priorities that i would say when it comes to supplementation first one being protein okay second one being creatine just because if you're training you just should Beyond that, eh, kind of, um, I, I don't sweat it too much. You want to take some greens because you don't like getting greens and vitamins, eating a bunch of fruit stuff. Yeah, I'm about that. Mineral supplementation, I'm kind of about too. I don't like drinking a ton of water. I don't like getting bloated. Like, but I'd feel better if I add mineral supplements to my stuff. But that's as simple as using pink salt, sea salt, potassium in my fucking shakes. Like, that's not hard. But mm-hmm. it is the worst thing that i see people that, that high road you're right that is the most fucking obnoxious thing i don't sell supplements oh i don't sell nutrition we don't do diets our people need to learn how to eat we don't want them to track anything this is the problem because you're trying to make some nebulous in yep. unmeasurable fucking like half-ass guru shit all none of your stuff can be measurable because you you have to be held accountable to it mm-hmm. so make make the fact that whether your muscles are growing or working or not make that about your emotions Therefore, we don't have to worry about you being successful. By the way, make 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 whether or not you should be eating right be about, well, if you were happier, you'd be fueling yourself. But it's like, this guy doesn't understand that a slice of pizza is 350 calories and has very little pro. Like, they need to know that. So sometimes you're like, well, I, I don't think people should be obsessing and weighing their stuff. Okay, but they need to know what they're putting in their fucking body at some point so they can see, oh, shit, this is crazy. I don't believe that people should have to weigh themselves every day or take pictures of yourself every day, right? Forever. 
But I think at some point you should look in the mirror and get on a scale and go, fuck, I got fat or shit. Mm-hmm. Shit's going the wrong way. I don't like the way that that looks or I don't like you're right. I think people that ignore getting on the scale usually are ignoring the other things that they're doing that are causing them to fail on the scale. The number one indicator when I have my online programming program, this is about one out of every 10 people who get what I would describe the is the lower 10% of the results, right? They're getting, they're losing weight, but it's not as impressive as the others mm-hmm. are the ones that stop checking in with me every morning, telling me what they weighed that morning. Yeah. You got a scale, put it in your fucking bathroom, stand on it. And I don't want them to be dysfunctional or obsess over it. I don't want that fucking high road shit. But when you're ignoring it, mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for failure. And that's, yeah, that's the real fucking deal, dude. And for you, for all of us, no matter where you are on this enlightened journey, it's have some goddamn empathy to where it's like that person that doesn't know those basics because they're brand new to this game or they have so much baggage that it's just like a fucking Grand Canyon sized void in their existence because of all the damage that life has given them when it comes to what they eat and how they look and having sex and doing all these things that are major problems for them. So every chick that you ever train, right? (laughs) It's like this entire void that exists for them. It's they didn't go to the rainforest and had this enlightenment fucking experience that you did. So it is one of those things where you have to step the fuck back and be able to be like, how long did it take you on this journey to get past the fact that, man, I get really unhealthy when I weigh macros and then I had to be here and then I had to be here and then I had an existential fucking crisis that then brought me all the way here and then whatever. Like it's, let's go back to step one. Yeah, go ahead. What is worse? Um, Needing to lose 80 pounds. And kind of obsessively weighing your food and being a little fucking manic about it um, for like six months, but losing 80 pounds mm-hmm. and then figuring out how to remove the dysfunction and, and fucking attachment to the process and manic shit, the obsessive nature that comes with obsessive tracking and being, you know, just kind of removing your food addiction and turning it into a food, food control obsession thing. And by the way, a lot of, a lot of dysfunctional eating thing, not just on the overeating side, but on the undereating side, talk about mm-hmm. anorexia, bulimia, those are control disorders. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is about control. Usually I'm not the fucking expert, but I've, I've, I've been close to people that have been, and it's, it's about control very, very, very often. But if you've got the 80 pounds off and then you're dealing with a coach, who can go, hey, let's pull the plug on this now. Now let's start to play these games of making it intuitive. We need to integrate it into your life. That's the difference between selling a service and selling a plan. By the way, I can sell you a meal plan. But then when I'm coaching you, when it's time to go from that plan to a different plan, that's where me as the coach steps in and go, okay, here's what we're going to do next. I don't recommend my people weigh their food forever at all. But I do recommend that we find a system that daily routine, foods that are not necessarily on or off limits, but the ones that we are having regularly like need to be within a certain fucking set of quality and 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 all this stuff like we can't be having fucking gummy worms all day Mm -hmm. right so at some point the things that i'm going to allow during the day that are going to make up the bulk of our stuff is going to be stuff that makes sense right but that's not obsessing that's not saying that's not saying gummy worms are bad don't ever have gummy worms it's like listen they cannot be a recurring part of the system they can be the exception but not the rule that's what having a fucking coach is about so if you're going to say, oh, I don't want to, 
listen, I'm not selling food plans. Listen, people don't need a diet. They need to, they need to change their relationship change. with food. It's a, this is, it's a lifestyle. It's not a, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. It's fucking stupid. Like, but they need a plan, dude. This, this person's going to be bored and not realize like, Hey, like when you're hungry and you're driving down the road and you're on a road trip, like it's just cause you're bored. If you go into a gas station and you're going to try and like throw food on like this is probably because like you're just bored and want to eat some shit. And if you are truly like really hungry and got to get something in, it's very hard to find anything in that gas station that's worth eating. Yeah. Unless you want to, we got some that some that have like some decent food, but it's like, I'm not buying no goddamn banana at a gas station for $3. I'd like, if I'm going to eat anything there, it needs to be protein. Here's, here's protein. Beef jerky. Right, beef, beef jerky is the move, but beef jerky problem is like 20 bucks for a bag. But it is what it is. That's the only thing you can kind of get away with. Depending on who you're traveling with, that's another issue. We'll get around here. This is this is deer sausage country here. So you'll get you can go into some of these spots where you'll get like a big, huge, like half tube, though. It's practically, I think it's like a pound, pound and a half of like kind of summer sausage, deer sausage. And it's like eight, nine bucks. That's my move when I go into a gas station. What? But then I'm sitting there. Then I'm sitting there driving. Cause you know, it's like from like a kind of a local spot too. Then they yeah. but you can't just be going and buying slim gyms and shit, because that's crazy. Yeah. But I'll go there and then I'll just sit there with like the, the plastic knife. It's just be me and my lap. If by the way, let's let's there's two ways this goes. If someone is with me in the car, <laughs> I sit there with it on my lap and the little plastic butter knife sawing my way through it and then eating it and sawing it and then eating it. If it's just me, I am eating this thing like it's the end of a baguette. <laughs> just like cracking crack off. Oh, yeah. Crack it off like eighth of a pound bites. Like that's the move. Beef bagel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's listen, awesome. guys, I don't know. We ranted a lot there, but I think fundamentally, I'm not going to recap all this for you, but your clients should be successful. You should be successful. Give them the tools that they need to be successful, but allow them to choose and make sure they pay for it. Paying is part of the commitment. In doing so, you will then yeah. solve your client value, like short term, like your average value per client thing, average lifetime client value. It's going to solve your retention issues and your clients are going to be successful. Because if actually we just reverse engineer all of that around if your clients are successful in the things that it takes to do that, all those other things already happen. Okay, so note that. All the first five things I listed are just to support the things that are required to be there for your clients to be successful and to stay with you for the long term. So that's it. Make it about that. Everything else is easy. All right. You know all this stuff. All right. Jim Owners Podcast on Instagram. Tyler F. and Stone on Instagram. John? JBanksFL on Instagram. All the links are in the description. Yeah, JimMotorsRevolution.com. We'll see you later. Bye.